Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Fraser Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we are covering Season 10, Episode 19, Dumb Assembly Required, which originally aired on April 1st, 2003. Is this whole show an elaborate April Fool's? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, it's our resident upside-downer, it's Ryan Sansone. Curtis, hello. Hello. Also with us today is our citizen officer, it's Bradley Kirkston. That's what I get caught in high school. What up, homies? You all missed me, and I'm back for another great episode. Catch you later. Called you a citizen <laughs> officer in high school? What do you mean? Yeah, you know, just because that's what no, I, I did. No, I don't know. I arrested <laughs> people that did the wrong thing. I you prefer still- the original version where you, you said hi and then said you were leaving. You don't have to stick around. But uh, we do have with us today a very special returning guest. It's my other brother, Ethan. Yeah, the other brother. <laughs> It's a great way to introduce me. Is that your preferred way? We've talked before. We th- we we know Curtis is the other brother, and he's just projecting. But do, who do you feel is the other brother? You know, let's not get into it. <laughs> Curtis, it's Curtis. No, he would say it to my face if it was me. He knows Kenny listens. <laughs> he's not here to de- defend himself. So yeah. Uh, well, Ethan, I I want to start by asking you. Uh, you wanted to join this episode, uh, so. We're all wondering, was this in the top 51? Yeah, no, we have to talk about the top 51. I don't think we've addressed it yet, right? You're referring to the, the list that was made for introducing? Yes, you? like everyone does. They collected a list of their top 51 episodes and presented it to her in order. I, it started with like, these are the highlights and everything. Uh, and then I had to go back and actually add a number of episodes in order for major plot points to make sense because i had forgotten like oh yeah you these episodes are required in order to understand what happens toward the end of the series okay how many would you say roughly were like plot point episodes maybe five like a handful or so yeah so we're at like top 46 of just your faves 46 is even weirder number i think <laughs> part of me is saying it it wasn't but let me like we can round you know i will give you better for the maybe it was like eight ten whatever for plot point so far we yeah. haven't seen any plot point episodes so i don't know what you mean but i <laughs> assume there will some. The list I sent Hannah way back when does not have this episode on it. Oh, oh okay. Wow. This is okay. something, this is something oh that God. when I went back through to figure out what did I want to volunteer for, I was like, oh, I can do that one. By the way, this does count as volunteer or community service. Um, Absolutely. And I need it. <laughs> yeah, it actually counts as service learning hours. We're educating you, so it's a service learning hour. That doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. I signed the paperwork. I'm a notary. I'm the only one that's authorized to do that. This is even crazier. You you did 40, well, let's say 40 to 45 episodes of your favorites. This one, not even on it. And obviously, it's not a plot point episode. Yeah. Well, so how did, how did you collect What, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. We're all we're all wondering why we're here all the time that's fine we can live in that existential nightmare forever what i need to know is how you collected 40 episodes like what was your process my process was pulling up the episode list on imdb and if i i recognize the title which wasn't necessarily the case for the vast majority i would hope not like if you do like all 11 seasons of fraser based off title that'd be madness yeah those titles are insane some of them so that that would be even more impressive yeah i absolutely. mean you gotta be writing when you go to the convention <laughs> fraser con yeah i assume the connies are like they just they know it by episode number season episode number you don't have to give them the title. It would be sure. funnier if they're like, I don't know the the titles, but it was season six, episode <laughs> seven. That's that's what I would do. Actually, I like genuinely think I would do that. It's easier to approximate where yeah. something happened in a storyline. Right, anyway, sorry. Continue. Oh, I uh, read the synopsis real quick and be like, oh, I, I recall that one and it's great. Or Well, so, so like, okay, so like, let's say you're going through season one, right? Like you, uh-huh. you see maybe six episodes. You're like, I think I remember those ones. Let me get the synopsis. Or did you synopsis all of the episodes? Well, not at all, because first of all, I had five episodes from season one. Um, it's a good sign. But yeah, just the blurb, just to be like, okay, that's what it was about. And I recall that plot point And like, that one was probably good. Uh, that that one was probably good or that one was uh an all-time classic how long had it been since you'd watched fraser when you put this list together like had you just finished it or it had been like 12 like 20 years i think it was within a couple years i had seen episodes growing up but didn't watch it like religiously or anything and then uh, at some point was like oh I'll, I'll watch through the whole thing and i did that as an adult at some point in my 20s because i had so many things going on <laughs> then uh <laughs> I, I put together the list to introduce a Tana since we were, you know, sharing TV shows and she did the same with uh, Gil- Gilmore Girls to introduce that to me. I'm assuming you didn't just assign this to her like homework. You you watched them with her, correct? Correct. We watched them together 
And well, she watched them and I watched her watch them. That's how that works. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, only one person can watch the TV in their house at any time. <laughs> I, I know that rule. And like, I did start watching it with her and just had her recorded so that I could watch back and see how she reacted. <laughs> oh, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> yeah. Because then you can rewind if she has a big reaction. That's great. That makes, that makes sense. Of course, the man I hired to record her, he wasn't always available. So it was it was tough to get through it. You uh, have uh, compiled this list based on like summaries. You half remember some of these episodes. Were there any that you watched that you were like kind of disappointed or just kind of like embarrassed that you put it on the list or that you totally got wrong like you were watching like oh mistook that one completely there was there was at least one when i sent to kurt and i realized after the fact oh i i totally jumped to conclusions and thought that was an episode i liked and it was not was it some assembly required was it? <laughs> no no was this it? one did he say you were doing a fraser podcast and you thought he was talking about cheers yeah i was mixing it up with like several cheers episodes i'm looking through to see if there's one that like sticks out as like like, actually, that one wasn't very good. And no, I have great taste. Well, there's like this. There's like this one. <laughs> well, that again, this did not make the top list. It oh, just right, made sorry, me willing right. to discuss list. Right, right, right. Which means I feel like we're going to hear later why he picked it, which that will be interesting. Well, Ethan, you're willing to discuss it. Should we discuss it? No. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. We open with a red light blinking on the Space Needle. KACL volunteered for Habitat for Humanity, and Frazier contributed most of all as painter's assistance helper, stirring paint. I knew for a fact that this house was going to collapse in this episode because Frazier was involved in the build. <laughs> I was just so excited that we were starting off at a, not a normal place. We were starting off somewhere new. I, like, I wasn't sure I was watching the right show at first. He didn't even have a Cafe Nervosa cup in his hands. I know. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, Frazier looks out of place at the start of this. Like It's weird yeah. seeing him in these clothes yeah whenever they get him in jeans somebody gave him uh one of those tool belts but you know he wasn't using it yeah you find out very quickly he did not really help with this house he was just there well, it's kind of the lingering plot of this episode he's playing a helpful person and fraser at life he's just kind of there yeah playing a helpful person might be a description of him as a career he wants to seem like he's helping but he's really just a quack was so mad when he took the the keys to give his speech it's like I know he was going to Frasier this up, but oh my God, oh, it's yeah. an aggravator. It, he just made it all about himself. This is right up there with um, unplugging the amp in the last episode. Like he yeah. can't help himself. He's he's not just going to try to like dominate the conversation. He's going to hold everybody hostage until he says his piece. It's his own narcissism. He thinks his words matter and that people want to hear what he has to say. That's so much his character. And obviously like it's, it's very deliberate, but there, there are some episodes where it's more fun and charming. And this one, and sometimes it's just like, oh, we got to get through this. <laughs> yeah. In some sense, like the Cafe Nervosa unplugging the amp, there's a defensible action there. In this case, he's just being a dick for no reason. Like there's no reason for him to give this speech. He knows it. I mean, we even find out later he's very aware of this fact. He's just being annoying to be annoying. Well, he could even try to give the speech without holding the keys. Like he grabs 100%. the keys to force everybody to listen like he it's not gonna he knows he's not gonna win them over on his charm so he's going to force them to listen yeah tough start but it but it does set the tone for this episode and it is very fraser so we're at least on character definitely was there anyone else from kacl in there was Ross just him and Ross. Ross, Ross, Ross. Just Ross. I know was I'm not Kenny super familiar with the characters, but no, Kenny, Kenny wasn't there. None of the no normal KCL people were there. Dang. It's like they couldn't book any of those guest stars that day. I guess they were busy. <laughs> doing if I know this show, I would say it's not that they couldn't book them. It's that they didn't want to pay them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone uh, notice, I guess Mrs. Grant was the character's name, the, the woman of the house that was getting the house, like who the actress was. I barely Brad. noticed her at all. Um, I didn't even look. What a, what a way to tee Brad up for his only job and for him not to do it. Classic yeah. Brad. Also on brand. Just because I was like, I feel like I know this face. She did look kind of familiar, yeah. If you have seen Breaking Bad. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, stop listening to this. Go yeah. watch that. There's the episode where uh, Jesse is stuck in that meth house with that horrible couple. And the guy keeps calling her a skank and then something horrible happens. Uh, she's that. She's that lady. I ain't no skank. She's that. Oh, 
I can't believe I didn't get that one. I'm so sorry. You should be ashamed. <laughs> yeah. I looked at the guy too, but he, I didn't recognize anything that he was in. He, yeah, he looked familiar too, but the, I think the more that we, the more we hung out with him, the more I was like, ah, do I know him? I don't know. Oh, and by the way, her name is Dale Dickey. Oh, yeah. Dale sorry, Dickey. What? And Dale um, that's her that's her real name or her That's character? her real name. That's her real name. And awesome. the husband the husband is played by Timothy Carhart. Okay. Good. Weird last name. Oh, just looking at photos of, of Dale Dickey. She can really get methy looking if she wants to. Yeah, I agree. Oh, she was also in Iron Man 3. Oh, I, oh but not two? Uh. <laughs> no, there's, not a lot of, there's actually not a lot of carryover between those movies. Daphne is late and irate because her ma took the car. Marty is showing off Eddie's new tricks that will be used to teach safety elementary school kids. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea when I wrote it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, that reads like an English major wrote. Ah. <laughs> do we have some gertie heads in the house i i think i'm i'm okay with gertie she's a fun character i'm not always like that into her dynamic with daphne but i did really like the line she got the neighbor's cat drunk again yes i wanted to watch that <laughs> how come they didn't do that scene that's the scene you want to see is her getting the cat's drunk? I feel like it's it comes off really good as a joke, and I don't know how they would be able to do that on mid-aughts television. You just get a, a, a cat moving sideways. It's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about some of the dog work later. They can make I a cat look say, drunk. They, they did some stuff with, with uh, animals that I, I was very impressed by. So What you said with the dynamic between Daphne and Gertie, we haven't seen too much of that, and I agree so far I don't love it. I have liked her interactions with the other characters though a lot Mm. she's got a doesn't give a fuck attitude i think yeah which plays nice with the rest of the crew but at no no point has it worked well with with daphne yet how about niles's revelation that he has a panic room that didn't surprise me at all did that surprise no (laughs) it didn't surprise me but again would love to see it as far as we can tell uh, daphne has exactly one client it's marty i'm sorry is that is that not supposed to be the the point? I thought he was she was her personal helper. Did I invent yeah. that? No, yeah, I think that's I think that's how they they play it. But the question I have, she's lugging this table. It is weird. Up, up the elevator into the house. It can't be stored in in Marty's house. Like she has to bring it back and forth every day uh, or whatever, every week. That's a good question. Well, it's it's so she can get some exercise in, and um, you know maybe she practices at home on Ma. Yeah, it, this is this dynamic continues to get weird. First of all, we get back to back Daphne working up episodes that's confusing right but uh, this is literally next episode will be the last time we see or even hint at working and here she is going back to back and she's late on this one so another fraser trope (laughs) <laughs> she got shit can for being late. Yeah, they get worse and worse, and then they just fizzle out. It was weird to me last episode, and it's even weirder this episode, where you have, like, Niles setting up the table for his dad to get rehabbed on. Like, it's just such a weird dynamic to me. I don't get it at all. It just needed something for them to do in the scene, and I don't think they thought about the logistics yeah. nearly as much as we are. Well, You've never been friends with Brad. He's, that's, we, that's a lot of logistics job. talk. <laughs> We love logistics. Speaking of logistics, we move right into Eddie being a great actor. Yeah. Hyken, who was on a couple episodes ago, he remarked on what an amazing actor Eddie is. He was blown away, blown away by Eddie looking. Like, and it was, yeah, it was just him looking back and forth. This is full on tricks. He's he's uh, stop dropping and rolling. He's doing all yeah. kinds of stuff. I think it would have blown Hyken's mind. We start off with like the head shake and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. Off. He does some great work. I love Moose. I actually don't think this is Moose. At that point, it would be stunts by Moose's I'm, kid. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Who's this? What's this Moose talk? Moose. Moose <laughs> is the name of the original Eddie, and Moose. Oh, Eddie's name is Eddie. We've covered that. <laughs> We all know the dog exists and his name's Eddie, all right? Okay. So yeah, so for seasons we haven't gotten to yet, he was played by a dog named Moose. That's a hilarious dog name. Eleven years is a long time. So I think I think Moose died at some point in the run. Spoiler alert, Jesus. I guess this isn't spoilers because it's about behind the scenes. It's not about the actual plot of the show. You don't think an actor change is a spoiler alert? If we show up the next episode and Marty's just a different man, you don't think that's a spoiler? You can't even see the dog. I don't think you're gonna notice when it's a different <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make it not a spoiler. Pretty sure, unless uh, I got mistaken information a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure Moose did survive through the entire series, but he got sick of working with Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Because he got older, his kids started doing stunts. Ah. Oh, that's fine. And, like, and, and Moose 
uh, if you ever saw the movie My Dog Skip, I think Moose was old Skip and his son was young Skip. Oh man, what an acting yeah. legacy! I was going to say they're they're a, a dynasty. Uh, Brad, do you do you want to tell us the name of the actor playing Eddie in this episode? Yeah, the actor <laughs> playing Eddie uh, was Goose. No, is that real? No, no, it was Enzo. It was Enzo. I was just making a joke. Goose but, would be uh, a better better yeah. follow name. Yeah, Enzo. Enzo. Yeah, really strange move. It went very Italian with the kid name. He was uncredited in this uh, episode. Which is insane. Of all the episodes, not to credit right. him. Right. Yeah. Okay, can we get to the Frasier bit in this scene? Of course. Oh, my God. I loved this so much. As soon as Frasier's, like, pretending to close the door, and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to get my tools out and fix it. I was like, this is <laughs> so perfect, so Frasier. I fucking love this. This drawer isn't closing properly. Mm. I better go get my tools and have a look at it. You sure you know what you're doing? Niles, please. I built a house. Think I can handle a simple drawer. You know, it's probably a slidey thing. Or the drawer may have become warped. If that's the case, then she's going to need to be planed, sanded, and refitted. Or you could turn the stapler on its side. Well, the (laughs) fact that he bought a uh, stapler that you have to have uh, in a certain position is just crazy. That's not what happens. No, that's what he said. The only part I didn't like about this scene was Niles coming over and being like, I know how to fix this. I'm a normal person. That didn't track. I thought Daphne should have been the one to call out the fix. (laughs) Oh, that's a good good That would be more in character for sure. Niles is the rationally is the rational one. Yeah, but I don't think he would have the confidence. If he saw a furniture was broken, I don't think he'd be like, "Oh, you know what? Frazier's terrible with furniture. I can fix it." Here's the thing: he was not seeing uh, a broken uh, piece of furniture that needed fixing and ran to to volunteer his his help. What he saw was Frazier laying it on thick and saw that it was obviously bullshit and just wanted to embarrass his brother yeah i'm still thinking that's daphne's job i agree with you i think you're you're punching up this episode well thank you i do have a uh, a note from hannah on this scene right oh which is fraser does not look good in yellow so the yellow just washed him out but in a way that was shocking to see when he stepped into the room it was like oh he's too beige this this is too beige all around. It just wasn't a good look for him. I don't think I ever saw him in yellow again. So maybe they noticed. <laughs> and I added my own note, which is that she rarely thinks Fraser looks good in anything. So I was going to ask, what, what's his color? Because we've yet to see it, I don't think. <laughs> if you Google Fraser yellow, a lot of pictures of him in a rain jacket and the whole cast pop up. So oh, I'm man. not going to click too much because I assume that's a spoiler. But I think yeah, I'm because they're in Seattle. So they did rain jackets one time. Makes sense. Spoiler alert, Ryan doesn't know it rains in Seattle. <laughs> it's the, it, it hasn't rained since season 11. That's I've noted true. that. Yeah. Actually, there was one episode that I think had storm clouds uh, in the opening thing. And I, I thought it was going to be a rainy episode. And then it just wasn't. It was just random. Just an overcast there. We get a first title card. Everybody's going to feng shui tonight. Frazier stops by the Habitat house to offer a gift and impose decorating suggestions. This scene was creepy as shit. Man, this is a weird one. Who the fuck brings a mailbox as a present? Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> not like he's friends with them. He just, you know, he just happened to be uh, your typical radio disc jockey who helped build a house. That doesn't mean you show up at their house. Oh, I think we all knew we were going back to that house, right? Of There's no question of that. Did, but that's not the point. I just didn't think it would be mailbox in hand. What did you think he was going to bring? A frying pan? Something that goes in the house. Right. Okay. I think it's implied later that he he does do that too. We just don't see it. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to talk about that in some of the later. Okay. Scenes. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. have questions there. It's just a crazy thing to bring. I'm not going to get over it. Okay. Well, then we'll have to move on. No, we you have to ask the audience. You have to be like, do you guys think it's appropriate to bring a mailbox? I think audience participation is a great idea. It's another example of Fraser really thinking he knows best when he thinks people truly care about his advice. And these two, uh, they really could care less about anything he has to say. Well, one of the one of the nice things of this scene is that they they do invite him in and kind of ask for help and show some enthusiasm, and they get so they get punished so hard. For yeah, it, which is, I mean, which is great. That's <laughs> that true. They were they were that, asked that for is exactly it, what should have happened. They learned their lesson quick. Again, we'll get to it, but I'm not sure how quick they learned their lesson. It seems to take quite a while for them to grow tired of him. They were excited at first, like, oh, our, our place was decorated by Dr. Fraser Crane. Then they realized Dr. Fraser Crane is Dr. Fraser Wacko! <laughs> I mean, All right. when you're right, you're right. <laughs> I'm bringing a weird energy tonight. Love it. 
Love it, Dr. Wacko. I have to assume that they are hoping that they'll get some free stuff out of them, is my guess. I think they're genuinely nice people, and they probably are thankful to get the house. So at least in this scene, they're just trying to be nice. Because well, that's the question. The do you right think thing. they are trying to be nice, or do you think they value his opinion at the start? I think of they're trying thing? to be nice. I think they're trying to be nice. I'd say it's about 50-50 here. The husband seems over it, but the, the wife seems genuinely like interested. I think they had the plans they ended up going with later in this episode the whole time, in the back of their mind. They knew they were going to do that. Okay. We get another title card. Blood is thicker than latte. Gertrude has taken a spite job at Nervosa to guilt Daphne for asking for help around the house. Martin arrives to declare his safety talk a success. Okay, I'll try it. Yep. At Nervosa. Nope. Nervosa. 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 Okay, I feel like you're... I feel like you're... No, you're, really you're, you're no Nervosa. Nervosa. Uh, to catch Nervosa. Ethan, to catch you up, he doesn't know how to pronounce Nervosa for some reason. Nervosa. It takes me a long time to get there. They think he I'm lost it. He it. lost it about 26 episodes into this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just started out of nowhere? No, he I tried just, to say it three times in one episode. He kind of got Beetlejuice. It's been a whole thing since. Yeah, I got I got the nips. He, the yips, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got the uh, just edit that out. I got, <laughs> I the, got yips. the yips. Huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> I got the cheese nips. Um, no, we do. That's not the nips you're talking about. I've um, got the nips. So finally, going back to this episode, we finally know how Gertrude started working there. Well, and I think this is the right time to call back from the upside down, Ryan. You made a prediction uh, of which episode we would discover the mom started working at Nervosa. Correct. Okay. <laughs> this is this episode one? 19. Your okay. guess. Episode 17. You were so close. Oh, no. <laughs> Too bad. I mean, I close th- only counts in hand grenades and the... Uh, uh, oh, Horshoe, thank, right, you, thank you. Thank you. Give the yips for everything? <laughs> you were close. <laughs> you almost had it. Team, team work makes the That almost counts in phraseology, too. Man, we... I, I feel, yeah, I'm honing in. I'm honing in on these writers. By season one, I'll be able to predict every episode. It'll be scary. It'll be like, you'll be doing your uh, previous preview at the end of the episode, and it'll be like a perfect uh, whole, summary. Yeah, I'll, I'll just do the whole plot line. I'll do the blurbs. Well, we got we got a couple episodes till season one, so we got plenty of time. You know what else I'll do? I'll revert. I'll pick out the fifty-one episodes Ethan picked out. <laughs> oh, that would be impressive. Uh, so Gertrude is really dramatic. It's awesome. I th- I mean, at, at no point did you question it, though, right? It it totally tracked with what we've seen. She lays on the guilt. It's great. There were, there were a couple lines that did stick out to me, like, "How may I provide you with excellent service?" Well, uh, what would you recommend? Not having children. I thought that was oh, a yeah. solid zing. Coming from the upside down, that's even funnier because like they're episodes away from having children. One one <laughs> of the last things she says to them is, "Don't uh, take my advice. Don't have children." Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so like, well, if if this disaster says that, let's have children as quickly as we can. First thing we're going to do is get them into uh, preschool or some shit, and then we're going to have the child. And then it also stuck out to me that she yelled out. Is letting me keep my blood. And strangers clapped. Okay. That's just that's nice. Maybe we'll go have coffee at home. Yeah, the round of applause made no sense. <laughs> if you don't have context for that, even with context, like you're just gonna oh sure, why not? They did a good job doing the awkward clap where it's like, should I clap for that? Because this lady's crazy, but I, the amount of applause that it got was strange. Yeah, and I like I like the strained way that Daphne says when when her mom confronts her and is like, "Oh, do you want me to sell my blood for you? Is that what you want?" And Daphne just kind of goes, "No, mom, you can keep your blood." <laughs> she should have made her sell the blood. I don't know why she didn't do that. Honestly, the the Daphne we get in a couple scenes would have taken the blood for sure. Ryan, have you ever bought blood? It's not like a fun business to be in. No, she would be selling the blood. She wouldn't be buying the blood. I'm just saying, have you been on any end of it? It's not fun. I mean, people have taken my blood. I assume that they did something with it. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. Uh, So a little sleuthing from the upside down. It sounds like Marty probably is about 67. I think he said it's been 60 years since he was in second grade. Correct. Mm. The age of these characters make no sense, but yes. Oh, he might just be rounding. I don't know if he's being that specific. You can assume he's rounding-ish, but like at second grade, you're what, like seven? Correct. If you're going off your math, you are right, Ryan. Isn't that normal math? Isn't that when you go to... Well, if you're putting this much thought into it, yes, you're right, Ryan. You don't want to know how Brad math works. (laughs) 
Uh, Brad, you could date a 67 year old. That helps. Oh, thank you. No, uh, and so that you will put him somewhere between 65, 70. I think that he plays about that age. Yeah. Frazier is back at the house for the fourth time in a week. Now that they've gotten to know him, the homeowners are just wanting him to leave them alone. Four times in one week? That's creepy level. That's This is on. what I was saying earlier. When, yeah. when, when, when we said that uh, they, caught, they caught on quick that they don't want to have Frazier around. I don't think they did. It took to the fourth time for them to give him the, the cold shoulder. Well, so I guess yeah. jumping out, jumping to the end of it, because that's when this happens... He kicks him out so naturally. Like, how? Why did you have trouble? Why? Why did it take five other appearances for you to to kick him out? It. He handles it great. Like, I. You can. I could never kick someone out that smoothly and and perfectly. He's probably been rehearsing it. He knew he was going to come back. Yeah, He's yeah. been preparing. Yeah, but why? Why did it take four tries? The first time he was genuinely welcome. The second time wow. it was surprising, and they were completely caught off guard. Guard. The oh, third God. time. <laughs> third time i think they were probably still between like is this really happening and and we need to make a plan so the fourth time they were ready between visits he's just practicing kicking people out he's like practicing on his daughter Ugh. oh see i think i think they were more like okay maybe this is the last time and then when the fourth time happened they're like this he's not getting the hit this my assumption is forever. that frazier was spending longer and longer with each visit like they should have oh, yeah. been able to track. oh yeah that's yeah totally. he probably yeah, the last visit was like four and a half hours. Oh I was already gosh. annoyed. Like when, as they were walking up, I was annoyed or was opening the door, or whatever. Uh, once we find out it's four times, I was I legitimately irate. What's crazy? I was already mad because Fraser asks for the apple pie, which you can't do. I don't know what's going on. Fraser was absolutely falling apart in this scene. You're so right. It's so crazy, not just to like invite yourself over, but to when they've confronted you with like, I don't want your opinions. I don't want your presence. His reaction is, well, I know you've got some apple pie in that fridge. Why don't you give me some? Just bust out your pie. We'll all eat some of your pie. Like what the, what? So I think, is this also where we find out about the mailbox? This is where we find out it's a cow mailbox, that they replaced the mailbox with the cow. So I don't, so I don't know how Habitat for Humanity works, but like, isn't it for people that are like down on their luck? Like, what's the budget here to to refurnish the house that's made for you from Habitat for Humanity? Same question. I did too, but how much would you have to spend on a cow mailbox? You think they were really expensive? So Fraser's inviting himself in and now asking for these people's food. Like, let's assume I assume they're on welfare. I don't know how it works again, but like, it's really crazy to be like, I know that you're you're poor, but please give me all of your food. It's just crazy. Knowing that he has money, he should be showing up with something every time. He shouldn't have stopped at a mailbox. He should have shown up with some item that they could sell later. I think I think he does, right? He sees the pile of, I forget what he calls them. Uh, how do we feel about the accessories? But he, he sees this pile of, of like um, furnishings or something. Like, furnishings, yeah. yeah. Accessories? And and he says, well, what do, if you don't like the mailbox, what do you think of these? And they're like, they're okay. And he's like, okay, last night they were to die for. Yeah, this is where things are getting crazy. Are they planning on just pawning these off, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Because they're, they're all sitting in a box, right? Like, like they kind of look over yeah. at him, which maybe maybe explains why that they would they would have him four times. So I think if that's the case, they would keep letting him in. Sure, maybe that's the difference. This time he showed up on empty-handed. Oh, open the door. We'll let him in until he stops bringing us stuff. Yeah, maybe he doesn't leave with the stuff that was over there. I think if it was really nice stuff he truly valued and liked, he wouldn't have given it to them. <laughs> it would be in his apartment. We also get an explanation for why Fraser would bring. A mailbox. Did we? Yes, because before time out, time out. Before you say anything, what? (laughs) I'm trying to like rag my brain for what that would be. I got nothing (laughs) so far. I'm very excited. He he explains his philosophy, which is that a mailbox is a house's handshake. So in my notes, all I wrote was Frazier is a psycho. (laughs) I think that's implied in the scene. I think it's stated. Yeah, this this is pretty pinnacle. Him being crazy, I'd agree to that. This one just annoys me more than shows his craziness, but it's manic behavior, definitely. His insecurity and his possessiveness makes him want to control it all because this house that he builds is a reflection on him. Marty is too sick to give his talk, so Niles subs in. Unable to command Eddie, he begins a lecture on hygiene instead. What the hell's going on in Fraser World where you can just you can be perfectly fine and then just sick out of fucking nowhere? No, what no, is no, going no. on? 
it's a it's a comment that pays off actually because in the nervosa scene, oh, I got that right, a couple scenes ago. Hey, there you go, buddy. Um, uh, Your sickness Niles, is almost cured. No, but Niles says to Marty if because he Marty talks about how he shook hands with the second graders that they're right. going to get him sick, and then they get him sick. So it all yeah, but you up. still don't go for you still don't be like at a place perfectly fine drive to another place and you're just toast well no wait a minute we i no. don't i don't know if we have the timeline here it, i don't think he was like going on a coffee break and then going right back to the school i think this could be days later because if we've yeah, covered yeah. four visits to a house for frazier then you yeah. have to imagine we're <laughs> yeah. that was at least two days all right <laughs> I don't buy it. Uh, Marty makes a comment, something like, uh, uh, you're just as beautiful as the day I married you to his son, Niles. And so he's like so sick, he's delirious. He's 67. You got to get this guy on a stretcher. We got to get him in in an ambulance, get him to the hospital. Niles said he said it before. Yeah, he said it before. That was the first time he said it. I thought they were saying on the drive there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he said the fact that he has said it multiple times. Yeah, you got to get him out of there. Yeah. Or at least get him a cup of water. Do anything to help him. I know that Niles didn't want to go on stage and he was kind of uh, talked into it by the principal or whatever. But that Niles' reaction to his father, clearly delirious, clearly in need of urgent care. His reaction is, let's just sit him in this chair and, and then I'll go on the stage for 20, 30 minutes. Well, I do like he goes, I let that go the first time. It's like, why did you let that go the first time? What do you mean? How often is this happening? You you knew he was going to be awkward, but boy, was he awkward when he first got out there. I found it strange that, um, revisiting this, that Niles, who's, the whole thing is about him being, like, German grossness conscious, and he's clearly worried about his dad being sick, but puts on the man's hat. Oh, that's a great point. He didn't, when, when, he, when he thought he might have been exposed to germs by second graders, he, like, moved his seat further from his father and covered his mouth with a, a handkerchief. <laughs> but now that he's actually sick, he's putting his hat on. That's crazy. We got him. I guess. We got him. We got the Frasier writers. We, we nailed them. You know, it's really funny because I actually love the setup that they do for this scene, right? They, they yeah. tee up how, how much Niles is scared of, of third graders yeah. and then mm-hmm. put him in a room presenting in front of them. It's just brilliant. It is, I, I guess we should kill him for him putting a hat on, but... We didn't talk about this in the last scene, but Niles says... It's well known that of the cruelest grades, ninth is third, seventh is second, and fourth is first. The assembly is for fourth graders. He brings fourth graders as the single most cruel age. And I got a question. I would think middle school, no? Yeah, middle school. I mean, Niles seemed like he put a lot of research into his answer. I think fourth, it depends who you are. So I think... If you're like Niles, fourth grade's probably the first time you got picked on. So it's going to really stick out. I I think in general, yeah, your sixth, your seventh graders, they're going to probably be your toughest, maybe even your eighth. He had that line early on, though, is I haven't been so afraid of third graders since ninth grade. Yeah, Yeah, if you're a loser to start, I think you find out around then. So I'm I'm guessing that's what happened. I also, the fact that this fourth grade assembly was taking place in like a holiday in conference room, like the set design was way off from elementary school. Very clearly not an auditorium. <laughs> There's like 20 kids. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was odd. They knew they were going to have a huge set. They knew they weren't going to have like that many kids. Why not just set it in a classroom? Why did it have to be a stage? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's maybe great maybe point. because they didn't want to do all the set dressing for that, which is why they didn't bother here either. Lazy fucks. <laughs> oh, it's again, it's not lazy. It's you've gone out of your way to make it incorrect. There's plenty of explainable reasons why you don't have to face a whole school or even show it. There's so many ways. Okay. Doesn't matter. Yeah. At Nervosa, Fraser confides in Roz his distaste for the homeowner's taste. She reminds him that it is their house now. Meanwhile, Gert hands over her paycheck because Daff is here to collect. He starts talking about wanting to kick them out of their house. Does he have the right to do that? Oh, of course he doesn't. I'm just checking. I think it's even weirder. It's not like he wants to kick them out. He just says to Roz, he doesn't think they're right for our house. As if he is an owner in this home. I thought thought he came off really elementary school-ish in this scene. I don't know, like just really childish. Like, that, obviously petty. Like You're thinking about the last thing. That wasn't a classroom full of children. No, because I think those kids end up sounding more mature at the end, at the end of the presentation than, than Fraser is here. He's talking to Roz. He, he admits 
admit that he knows he's not handy and she helps him uh, turn the corner a bit by calling him out i guess untangling extension cords and stirring paint isn't exactly building a house oh i know i didn't do much the truth is i've never really been very handy in elementary school i made an ashtray for my dad caught fire that wasn't you phrase that was that wasn't you being not handy that was a terrible teacher that let you <laughs> do horrible things yeah maybe my favorite line in the whole episode is in this scene Roz is explaining that her parents have a cow mailbox and fraser says well sure that's wisconsin <laughs> the buckle on the bumpkin belt yes i love that line, that line <laughs> yeah that's awesome. a good line did not expect that Roz kind of accuses him of being kind of a snob yes. and he he kind of demurs that he he's he doesn't want to be that way and then immediately starts mocking the the, the, the moo cow i'm not gonna lie i'm not a snob but get out of here with that cow shit <laughs> i mean get, well, get the fuck out of here <laughs> mailbox is one thing but when they get to the house and it just oh, spoiler we're not I think even the mailbox is like if you if I walk up to someone's house and they've got a cow for a mailbox, I don't at me in the comments or whatever, but I am turning around. Oh boy, you're getting eviscerated. That's fine. They hate you. They want blood. We don't gotta be friends. Hopefully none of my family do that. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You gotta be careful. Parasocial relationships are very important. Or, you know what? Send me a cow mailbox. Turn me. I don't know. I'll give you a shot for a week. People like to hit my mailbox, including myself. So yeah, we could use a new one. Should we talk about the Daphne side of this scene? Yes. I just wrote, get it, Daphne. I forget why. Because <laughs> she just stops caring about her mother's uh, bitchy and guilt selfishness. Trip? Yeah, guilt trip. Yeah, I liked her. I liked her cold bloodedness in in this one. She signs a... over the check, and that's it. We've in the upside down seen this side of Daphne. We've seen the uh, take no prisoners. Fuck you, mom, Daphne. I don't. Uh, that, I. I was. I'm gonna. I was gonna bring this up too. I think we don't see this Daphne. We see her put on a front of this Daphne, but then she waffles. How do you know this isn't her putting on a front? Good question. I uh, Maybe she is. I don't know. This is, where, this is where this particular story wraps. Do you think 10 seconds after the scene, she just collapses in denials or whatever? I I don't. I didn't get that vibe from it. Well, I think she collapsed in denials uh, several episodes from now because she's she's held it together for so long. I think it was... It's only six episodes. When we saw it, when we saw it the first time, I thought it was going to be the whole season. This episode this show does arcs they do like bits and pieces of an arc and then skip entire episodes where they just don't mention it so for all intents and purposes daphne's mom didn't exist for like four out of the six episodes we've watched for for you ethan was this did you find it disjoining the way they do arcs from your memory um yeah there there are definitely times where it feels a little uh you forget about it or something and in this case like i i completely forgot that this little mini arc took place at all like I was like, oh, yeah, I guess uh, Gert did start working at Cafe Nervosa. But until you were discussing it here, I forgot that it was like something that went like it wasn't just the this episode. It, this The way they do it this episode, I, they wrote it like they could easily not revisit that. And yeah, they don't for a couple of episodes, which is really strange. Because it could have been just like Gert's like, oh, well, I guess I, I didn't get anything out of this. I'll quit the job and find my next guilt trip. I think she should have. No, I'm, I'm glad they didn't because there was some fun scenes. But like from a storyline standpoint, I don't know why she kept working here. It, it doesn't help her in any way, shape or form in the end. We know that. Yeah. yeah. Nails won the kids over by talking about gross things the government allows in your food. I I guess this would be a good time to reveal that this is the reason I wanted to discuss this episode. <laughs> um, because I remember when this episode... Say, tell me way more. I remember when it aired, and this is the part of the episode I remember and thought was very funny and, and stuck out and also made me think, because at the time... This was the first I was hearing any of this information about <laughs> allowing horrifying things in in our precious hot dogs. So it was uh, a learning okay, moment. Wait, wait. Do you, you think hot dogs were like just a, a normal food? Because you can well, tell. I'd, I've Since like the age of five, I've been like, oh, something's up with hot dogs. At age five, you're like, there's rat droppings in this? No, but like, you're not like, this is above, this is above board meat. Like, no, of course not. Ryan, well, yeah. I knew you at 25 and I am skeptical that you were that never. discerning at five. I never <laughs> said it. I never said it slowed me down. <laughs> Ever since finding out the news, didn't slow me down. Hot dogs cost 88 cents for eight. Of course I'm buying them. Of course I'm taking them down. 
I had a hot dog tonight. Did you really? <laughs> my, my daughter had corn dogs and I, oh. I cleaned up. Okay. Love a corn dog. Love a corn dog. Turns out it's a hot dog with more shit though. So like, you know, like literally it's not free of these. It's not free of these rat droppings. Is it, you're saying that there are more rat droppings per corn dog? Yeah. Well, the hot dog is allowed to have so many rat droppings. Then the corn shell is also allowed to have some, I presume. Oh. I don't know. David Hyde didn't get into it. I was going to argue that the hot dog they use for a corn dog. I'm assuming these are frozen corn dogs you were, you were using. Uh, no, this this was at a restaurant. This was a market oh. fresh. Yeah, we paid market price corn dogs. Well, then never mind. This was from a Mexican restaurant, so I don't know. Factor that for you. Whoa, Mexican Ooh, restaurant Mexican corn, dog. corn dogs. That Red. sounds really good, Ryan. Mm. Normal corn Ooh. dog, Mexican restaurant. I didn't throw a lote into the corn or whatever. That's what I was gonna say. Like that would be that sounds like a great corn would be dog. fire. No, this is the kids' menu. Well, I'm gonna I'm just gonna pretend like they're Mexican style corn dogs, and you don't have to correct me. I would like to try a Mexican style corn dog. Like I'm it. Going back to the scene, okay. So he talks about every food. No one stops him. No one from the administration thinks maybe we should have let this guy terrify kids there is exactly one adult in this entire room and it's the principal and that guy doesn't give a fuck well he probably has he probably has marty's t-virus at this point he's probably thinking (laughs) he sees his wife out there he can't get control of the situation his whole thing is he's worried about the teachers that need a free period he's just worried about the teachers all one of them whose class is in here he doesn't care about how the time is still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a high-end school where two students per teacher. Maybe this maybe this is like a really small town and it's the whole school. I don't know. It's Seattle. Yeah, a really small town. Yeah, but there's there could be small towns. I don't we don't know. He didn't say like, oh, this is Seattle proper school. He didn't say which one it is. You're right. He did not give us uh exact logistics like I would prefer. They, they might have drove 42 minutes outside the city, got to a very small town. I don't know what it is, probably Behoven or something. And they had all the kids in there. I don't know. Uh, did you guys think that David Hyde Pierce, the actor, looked thrilled to bring up hot dogs and how horrible they are? The whole scene, he seemed so happy. Like, this I was thought specifically the hot dog, he was like, excited yeah. to share that information he was ready to ruin a young ethan's life <laughs> those kids were really into it though they gave him a standing ovation they loved it and then i loved it too have a mean joe green moment way before mm-hmm. that because i do want to talk about that and it is great but i think we, we do find out why marty's ill right he eats hot dogs for breakfast what a fucking <laughs> maniac <laughs> Yeah. His age? What do you mean? At, wait, sorry, what do you mean at his age? At anyone's age? That's a crazy maneuver. What? I mean, I mean, I feel like as a as a young man, it's okay to have hot dogs for breakfast. But once you hit like forty five, that's when you can probably cut back and just have them for lunch. You wake up, you cut, pop in a couple breakfast dogs, go about your day, go on go on a run or some shit. Yeah, some like Jimmy Dean ass corn dogs. It's a great way to kick off your day. <laughs> Some like, well, dogs. Are, are usually like sausages wrapped in pancake batter or whatever. I will admit the things I will eat for breakfast are not better than a hot dog, but they're not a hot dog. They're labeled as breakfast foods. Well, I don't eat the bun, so it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so so this, this scene in some ways reminded me of Jamie Oliver celebrity chef was like trying on a, on a mission to make school lunches healthier. And he did oh, this yeah. demonstration where he like explained pink slime in chicken nuggets to like little kids Oh, yeah. And he like he's really trying to make it sound disgusting and horrifying. And then at the end, he asked the kids, "So, what would you rather have? This delicious, fresh chicken breast or this chicken nugget?" And the kids are like, "Give me that chicken nugget." And he's so <laughs> his face is so sad when he realizes his little trick failed. Yeah, but it did. I, I watched that. It worked on me. I stopped eating nuggets for a whole day. So good on you, Jamie. You switched to corn dogs. Yeah. That's right. that's healthy. It, it reminds me of uh, seeing Super Size Me as a kid. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. That's, and that's like a very flawed experiment with lots of bullshit variables. But but the whole thing is supposed to make you be like, oh, McDonald's is unhealthy. But it just made me want a Big Mac. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's I just don't think it's news that McDonald's unhealthy. I was like, gonna oh. say the, the problem with supersize me is nothing was surprising. I wasn't like, oh, I didn't know you shouldn't have McDonald's for three meals a day for a full month. But the surprising <laughs> thing is that it turns out it is fake, right? It's like, oh, you're just an alcoholic and that's your real problem. Uh well, you shouldn't you shouldn't eat McDonald's for three times a day or yeah. whatever. But uh you've also fudged this experiment. At the end of the movie, the doctor's talking about his liver turning to fat or something. And and not not discussing the fact that he is still drinking alcohol. <laughs> so you shouldn't do the McDonald's thing, but that's that's not the reason you've become a disgusting monster. Like you got other problems, man. Do you think anyone who volunteers to eat McDonald's 
three meals a day for a month could possibly be anything but an alcoholic. <laughs> we're, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely going to get sued by Morgan Spurlock for just shitting on him. I think that's, I think that's been, that's come out as true. Like that's the, there's a, there's a lot of real criticism about that there documentary. Is. There is. All right. Anyway, we do, we do have to get to the main Joe Green moment. Didn't see that coming, especially in this arena. It was an incredible move, but man, <laughs> out of, mean Joe Green out of nowhere. And if I was going to pick a character, I think Niles would have been my last pick as being Mean Joe. If I had any ability to have uh, that level of foresight in this uh, in this rewatch, I would have known about this moment and asked you episodes ago, or maybe last episode, like, if there's a Mean Joe Green moment, who do you think the character is going to be? Like, <laughs> it would have been Roz. It would have been 100% Roz the whole way through. <laughs> oh, Roz would be good for I that. could have never predicted the moment or how it could have possibly come about, but there, no point would have been Niles giving a germ assembly speech. It is a great choice because he is the least mean Joe Green. It's really funny, but it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Frazier enlists Roz to convince the homeowners to let him in one last time. He apologizes. They forgive him and give a tour of their cow-themed decor. Frazier manages to bite his tongue. Why would he go back? Why would he go back? Way more crazy than him going back is him giving an apology. I don't think that's ever happened, has it? Uh, no, I would have called the cops the, the second he he came back oh definitely it's insane these people fucking live for cows what is going on <laughs> it's, it's crazy i mean the cow theme mailbox okay that's a, a cute like uh, novelty mailbox yeah uh, the, the having the couch covered in cow blankets the curtains are cow did you did you say that as a pun the couch oh i wish that was a curtis original <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just the idea that they've completely decorated the home in cow patterns is just insane. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not snobby Frasier being, you know, elitist. That is just, the family is as psycho as he is. Yeah, this is where we have to talk about what is the, the decorating budget here? What is going on? Yeah. Why did you get a Habitat for Humanity house? but you also could spring for a whole new set of, of sofas. And they're specialty sofas. Okay. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe they're, they're on a farm. Do you think they maybe. killed a cow? I think maybe oh. it's it's just cow hides, just leftover cow hides. And I thought they sewed it all themselves. Did you actually? Yeah, I thought they spent the time sewing all the cow themed things because they're, they're fiscally responsible. I want to get back to that in a second. Even if they did tan the hides of a cow, that's not what it looked like. I don't think, Kurt. Oh, okay, those were cartoony cows. These these people are obviously very skilled at their craft, and Frazier's lucky that they weren't wearing his face by the end of the episode. Correct. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Tell me what you're you're imagining, Brad. The sewing machines and them sewing all this no, stuff. No, where, where did they get the material? What is happening? How did they get this stuff? You could go to like a craft store and get yeah. just reams of a cow pattern sheets are, and just. You're saying that very. You're saying that very confidently. Do you know for a fact you can do that? <laughs> I do. I yes. feel very as confident. A, in that. As a, an expert cow hide, fake cow hide purchaser, I know that you Friday night at the Hobby Lobby. But what are you talking yeah. about? It's one of Curtis's many skills. Okay, he knows all about it. I cut out boom mic dip. Whoa, that's fun. I was looking at, I was trying to find more shitty things about the house and I saw one dip in, in the front door as they were out. The right is Frazier's about to move the chair, which is, I thought was really funny. Uh, the, I see, you see a little dip into the door. That's wild. I was just trying to figure out how horrid this house was going to be. That's all I was looking for. <laughs> I, I didn't notice that, but I did notice bushes like next to the house. It is so clearly like fake plastic shiny leaves. Yeah, I did notice how fake the whole the whole thing, that exterior looked. Well, Frazier plays this out with Gert trying to steal tips, but gets caught red-handed. I mean, this would definitely get you fired, wouldn't it? Correct. She was very obvious, and she just kept pulling the money out. Forget the fact that she clearly doesn't do much. She's lazy, and she's not good with customers, and she doesn't seem to work hard. She's late a lot. Or does that want to be there? Tip stealing, tip stealing would get you fired before any of those things. The waiter that confronts her is the same guy who threatened to call the cops on a naked Niles. Correct. Yeah, yes, oh, he's regular at, at Cafe Nervosa. Well, maybe this was his first day. Yeah, he hadn't quite worked up the nerve to get the cops involved. <laughs> We don't know. I don't. You don't have to get the cops involved for tip stealing. You can just get the boss involved. I think you can just get Madame Nervosa. I don't. 
Mrs. Nervosa? I don't remember her name. Maureen Ponderosa. Maureen. Yeah, I know it's an M. Ethan, did you think this was a good episode? Honestly, I enjoyed it more than I expected. I, I knew I just wanted to get to that uh, Niles uh, portion at the end. But recalling back to Frazier's plot line, I thought it was not as grating and uh, infuriating as I remember it. Um, you know, obviously the whole point. No, I, I need you to expand on that. Do you mean? Well, I just mean that it was it had more funny moments than i thought I, okay. it wasn't it wasn't just i was sitting there waiting for that part Cause it, and because it was it, grating and infuriating but yeah, yeah it was but, also but yeah and that was the intent fraser overstays his welcome but there was there was enough to it that i was like oh there's actually a, a decent episode all around and and not just uh and i even enjoyed the gertie and daphne stuff in this one uh as opposed to just being you know waiting for the nile show which was still the main event uh, for this episode it was four out of seven rat turds <laughs> ah, i love it and Ooh. you can interpret that system however you wish well i like eating hot dogs so i'm gonna interpret it very positively <laughs> yeah but it's just the turds I don't know about all that. Interesting. Well, I like the scale. If you have lots, rat lots to think about. Hot dogs can't be far behind. Brad, you're a turd. What did you think of this episode? <laughs> Thank you. Great transition. I was not a fan of this episode. Couple of things. One is still not even sure what the A plot was. Don't even know what the A plot was. This I think this was the best example of w- which one is the A plot. I yeah, agree. I, but I, I don't think that's a problem, but I I, I I don't know which one it is. It's a problem to me. One is I'm sick and tired of these episodes with 45 scenes. I did not think this episode was that funny. I was not a fan of it. I'm going to give it one of my lowest grades of all time, and I'm going to give it a D plus. Wow. Do you think you, you think he was doing B plus just as a ruse? D as in donut. I'll say, Brad, you're right. As soon as I finished this episode, I or really halfway through, I was like, oh, Brad's yeah. not going to like this. They are they are really sticking in season ten with this idea of a ton of tiny scenes. Uh, which was just not how it was in season 11. I think at this point we have to accept this is what season 10 is. I don't think we're going to get a lot of long scene episodes. It's it's going to be a lot of little scenes. I don't have to accept anything, Curtis. Yeah, he doesn't have to accept anything, Curtis. This is America. Yeah. And on that note, Curtis, what do you think of the episode? <laughs> So the last episode we recorded, I was confronted with my my system of ranking the episodes, and oh, uh, I took your advice. Kevin and, and then you thought about it for 10 seconds. I, I was on a tear of making every single episode I saw ranked number seven out of whatever. And so I took a cold, hard look at my rankings, and I agree that I was off. A quick summary of the changes I made. The top five haven't changed. Uh, I moved that placeholder episode with Julia that you I, noted. I wish to God you would have said the top six didn't change. <laughs> it was just seven on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it almost was that. But I moved that placeholder is in the top six. That is number six on the list. Lucky number seven now is Miss Right Now, the Jennifer Tilly episode. That wasn't top seven? <laughs> no, it, it was it was higher. It was like number five oh, okay, or six. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, the Julia saga, which I, before was all basically lumped together, it is still lumped together. Those episodes are the same. <laughs> I've moved them way down, though. They were all like seven, eight, nine, ten. Now they're episodes 17 through 21. It's a really pointless yeah, and boring part. there we go. That's much better. The Devil and Dr. Phil, which I ranked dead last. I, I'll soften to it a little bit. It's now second to last In last place, Freudian Sleep takes its rightful place at the bottom. There you go, buddy. Look what happens when you try. (laughs) With that in mind, I'm ranking this episode 14 out of 30. Really thought thought you were going to say 7. I thought it was (laughs) 2. Again, there are so many ways I wanted to make that joke uh, with this, but uh, there was no way to do that without losing track of what my real opinions are. So I just went ahead and played it straight. So this is not as good as the weight loss episode, but uh, better than first episode where Maris returns, where Frazier's in like private practice. Uh, but very middle of the pack episode. It was it was fine. I thought it was funny. It was good, but uh, not anything special. It did have weight loss vibes, right? Like a lot of the same pacing, a lot of the jumping mm-hmm. to this scene where this place we're not used to being yeah Fra- yeah Frazier totally. being a weirdo yeah i can see that well ryan finally from the upside down tell us what do you think yeah i think i rated i'm i think i'm with uh ethan where it's 
as I was watching it, I didn't like a lot of the scene because it's, it's Frazier being annoying. It's Niles being annoying, but they do, they are funny and they do land really nicely. I think they, they build to a really strong Niles moment. Maybe, maybe my favorite Niles episode even, which I didn't see coming in the beginning of this episode. And Frazier is super annoying, but he actually gets comeuppance, which we don't get much of either. We got limited usage, Marty, him being six, hilarious. Roz is just keeping Frazier in check. Daphne's pretty good and putting her mother in place like I, this you got a lot of people firing i think this is much better than you two are giving it credit for i think the the setups are good the jokes are fine i'm here for it give me a seven maybe seven to one. Oh, i thought that was a play on me <laughs> yeah it was a little bit of fuck you Kurt. also my score uh i love you know i love it when we don't agree, that we don't but... have to try we can just, we just do whatever and say seven it's fine no I, I, I that's about where i put it though it's it's nowhere near our top of the line but it's also nowhere near the bottom great Well, as Niles wowed children by telling them the gross shit allowed to be in our food, I am going to take over for him. Uh, Curtis, and I, Curtis, I, what the fuck am I looking at here? <laughs> what, what is so, this? <laughs> so I have gone online where you can trust everything. Actually, I think this is the FDA's website I'm on. Uh, I've got uh, their list of exactly what Niles was recounting. The active level of like of defect in food. Are you telling me this is a list of everything that the FDA allows for rat shit to have in it? No. What you are looking at is the list of products that the FDA has included in this table on their website where they tell you... Did you take your favorite 51 things? No, that's a, that's a, that's a comprehensive list. Such a long whole list. list. It's so, we don't, so long. Let me explain. So, Also, okay. do you understand what the reason why you would bold something? It's all bolded. Oh, that's just because how it's it copied-paste. So allspice ground, that is the first entry on this list. On that, it says, of insect filth, an mm. average of 30 or more insect fragments per 10 grams. Oof. For rodent filth, average of one or more rodent Wait, hairs whoa, per 10 hey, grams. I'm sorry, we didn't cover this enough in the episode. What? What? Is it, can that, can we have that much insect and that much rodent filth? Uh, I believe so. It's a cap per filth, right? There's no like a cumulative filth. Yeah, I think it's, it's about the specific filth. Is it's, that too it's much? Not like, it's not like rat counts as two, insect counts as one, and we can add up a total. It's like you can have this much per right. category. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. This is about to be a nightmare. Oh, this allspice is all filth, but it's reverse filth. It says the FDA set these action levels because it's economically impractical to grow hard harvest, or process raw products that are totally free of non-hazardous, naturally occurring, unavoidable defects. Products harmful to consumers are subject to regulatory action, whether or not they exceed the action levels. What? what so this is, it, is, it is incorrect to assume that because the FDA has an established defect action level for a food commodity, the food manufacturer need only stay just below that level. The defect levels do not represent an average of the defects that occur in any of the products the averages are actually much lower. The levels represent limits that the FDA will regard a food product adulterated and subject to enforcement action under Section 402A3 of the Drug Food I'm sorry, and what do we, Cosmics What do we mean by Act. adulterated? Like you can have it as if you're older than 18 or you it's come of age? I want to hear more things and things. Yeah, so, so I'm here's, just sure here's, I do. I, I was fine with this segment when you said it. I'm more nervous now that you've you've teed it up. So you've got a list of every product they have these action levels for. So you, uh, we're going to go through, we'll take turns. Each of you can pick your favorite item that you want to hear. And I will tell you what the action level is, what gonna, the defects I, could be. I think my strategy defect. here is going to be to like eliminate some things I don't want to eat anyway. Ooh, Listen. that's fun. Okay, you know what? I'm trying to I'm trying to cut back on the, the alcohols. Uh, tell me what the the legal limits for hops is. Hops for insects. There is an average of more than twenty five hundred aphids per ten grams. I don't know the words you're saying, but it doesn't sound good to me. It doesn't uh, sound ideal. <laughs> I'm looking up aphids. I just assume um, that's oh, they're like these tiny little mite creatures. Gross. Okay, I can have up to twenty five aphids. Is that just good protein, or are they like that's what gives you E. coli? Uh, it says here they are small sap sucking insects. So that not loving sound, this. Right? Not loving this, Kurt. Not loving this. Uh, 
Ethan, you're the guest of honor. Why don't you pick something that you would like ruined? Well, I came prepared because I just ate a Nature's oh, no. Bakery fig bar, which is kind of like a Fig Newton type deal. So I would like to know uh, figs and or fig paste. Uh, okay. You got to go fig paste for that. I mean, in this case, yeah. I love a Fig Newton. You're about to fuck up a Fig Newton cart. We're about to be fighting. Fig paste. Uh, again, insects. Contains 13 or more insect heads Ooh. per 100 grams <laughs> of fig paste in each of two or more subsamples. That's metal as fuck. What do you mean? Just the heads. <laughs> I, that's that's one of the. This is where I decided this this might work as a bit because it's not is all it? dry, uh, kind of robotic language and like the, the the things do not make sense. Why why is this got fig head or why does this have insect heads and the other one had rodent hair? Like what does, is this? does this mean? You can have unlimited insect bodies, but none of that. Like if their heads are chopped off, you're fine. Oh, see, I I assume this meant that like there were. No bodies, just heads. Oops, all heads. But you're saying, That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were saying that in your mind this meant that uh, uh, there's a cap on how many heads, but there could be like... Yeah, what if there's severed... He- like, what if there was a guillotine for these fucking creatures and now you get, you got like 400 insect bodies? That's fine. But as long as it's not 25 heads. To be clear, it's not 25 heads. 2,500. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Oh my god, what? But, but, okay, but you could have 10 million bodies, it sounds like, as long as they're severed. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Oh, I think I, 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 think I was thinking of the aphids. It wasn't 2,500. It was 13 or more insect heads per 100 oh, grams. 2,500 aphids in the hops. Well, now I feel better about it than I did. I liked how specific this one was. I would like to know salad olives. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what a salad olive is. Is that just a black olive? I guess so. I was very intrigued by that too. But uh, let's hear what it is. Uh, I think maybe this means like pitted olives because oh no, well, oh. pitted olives is also on the list. I don't know. No. I don't know what a salad olive is. Oh, a sliced Spanish salad olive. It's a real thing. It says for pits, uh, there is an average of one point three or more olives by count of olives with whole pits and or pit fragments two millimeter or longer measured in the longest dimension. I'm- I'm sorry, is this a fucking SAT problem? What do you... What? Yeah, yeah this one's hard to, to you parse. You just said the word pit 74 times. Well, if you've got 12 olives coming this way, and you have 12 bodies going that way, they cancel out. So it's saying... No, I don't know what it's saying. I've read it several times. I do not know what it's saying. But it, it has a second entry thank, here. Thank insect, you, FDA. Insect damage. 9% mm. or more sorry, olives. What? What? Nine percent or more olives by weight show damage by olive fruit flies. Oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah. All of the fruit flies? <laughs> Insect damage is not a not a percentage I was expecting going into this night. I love that there's no rhyme or reason. Like pits, okay, that makes sense. That would be listed under olives, but uh, insect damage listed here, but not insects. We don't know how many insects might be in your in your olives. Oh, you can have a million heads, but as long as there's no damage. This is great. Yeah, I, you would think it was a standardized scale. I thought when you first said like the allspice thing, it was like, okay, we're going to have like three categories we can kind of judge them based on each other. This is just madness. The FDA has lost their minds. The different things being grown have different types of you know, insects issues that they deal with like the hops having the aphids or whatever i guess but what as a consumer how is that supposed to help me i've i've got to do hours and hours of research research to understand how gross the food i'm eating is like why do they even publish this what what am i supposed to do with this info it's not for you it's for like companies why do i know about it then well because we're doing this podcast I'm going to go ahead. Oh, but you, I, you can access it. You, it's not like you snuck into a facility and stole their documents. You don't know that. I know you couldn't do that. You've, you've got none of that skill set. All right. I'm going to do popcorn. Oh, you get a turn? I didn't know that. I, I just decided I get one. So <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going after popcorn? I just ate some tonight. I wasn't going to. I was actually going to go with pineapple juice, but this was... This has so many ores. I have to. I have to read this one. We're under rodent filth for popcorn. It says oh. one or more rodent excreta pellets are found in one or more subsamples, and one or more rodent hairs are found in two or more subsamples. But then it says or. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh no. <laughs> oh no! Two or more rodent hairs per pound 
and rodent hair is found in 50% or more of the subsamples. What? And then it says, or. Oh, no. You, 20, you tell me you could have you could have 49% hairs in the samples, and it's This is a choose-your-adventure, yeah. 20 or more gnawed grains per pound, and rodent hair is found in 50% or more of the subsamples. Oh, my God. What? I love the idea that the, the mouse got in there and gnawed some grains and got out. Just didn't do any... Did no pooping, left no hairs behind. It was a stealthy ass mouse, but it gnawed the shit out of those kernels. Yeah. I gotta tell you, this that's a nightmare for me, Kurt. We had a we had a mouse invade our house and Oof. uh I if it was fine. It was during the COVID era, right? And I happened to just Google like, whoa. I, I was like in my head, I was like, you know what? Mice, they they're like pestilence, right? Like they've led to major diseases like the bubonic plague. Let me just Google what can happen with a mouse. And it turns out it's not my area, but I still read about the hantavirus, and uh, I'm fucking scarred. Like it is, it sounds like an absolute nightmare, and uh, I'm genuinely terrified of mouse droppings now. Ethan, you're familiar with the hantavirus, right? Uh, <laughs> the hanta with a T. Yeah, there's a T in there, so <laughs> so not as much. Okay. Do we do we want to keep playing, or, or did we? Did, I mean, I'm scarred, but like, uh, we think, can keep going. I, I think know. we did enough. <laughs> I think we did enough. You can stop listening, but I do want to say one more. So oh I'm going to do whole dates. Oh, no. Oh, that, that's fine. Yeah, pick some of the stuff I wouldn't buy anyway. Oh, you don't like a date? I love a date. I love a Is date. There- it says average of 5% or more dates by count or rejects. And then in parentheses, it says moldy, dead insects, insect excretia, sour, dirty, and or worthless. <laughs> worthless. <laughs> Like, all those are very specific reasons it would be uh, rejected. And some are just like, you just look at it's like, this one. I don't like the look of this one. This one will never get a job. Hey, fellas, I'm sure we've all had some worthless dates, am I right? Yeah, how do you figure out a date's worthless if it isn't, if it hasn't violated any of those other clauses? That's wild. Oh, I just realized that I, I didn't do this before. Now for a segment we're calling Just Before Lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Love the name. Love the name. Well, Ryan, why don't you tell us what to expect next week when we cover the previous episode? It's season 10, episode 18, Row to Perdition. Kurt, I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of trouble here. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what perdition means, <laughs> and I don't know if this is a pun. It sounds like a pun, but it doesn't. nothing's triggering in my brain. I got no idea. I know what row is. I, could, I got a stab there. I'm guessing you? it's fish eggs. I mean, I know, oh. I know generally that's what row would be. Maybe it's, it's spelled like R O E, yeah. Because yeah, Roe versus Wade. That's I think like the action, uh, and it's obviously not the action. So anyway, it's I I just have to guess sushi because I, I have nothing else to do with perdition. So uh, I had Gertrude ruins a fancy sushi outing for Daphne. I don't know. I don't know if that's perditioning or or not. I have no fucking idea. I'm a mess. I can't, I I hear how a mess you are. I can't wait to to find out what perditioning is next week. Do you know what do you guys know what perditioning is? Go ahead. Uh, well, I I know that the uh the the pun or the the turn of phrase it's road. It's, it sounds to like perdition. an R. Kelly song. What? There's I, I know there was a Tom Hanks movie called Road to Perdition, and I don't really know what it means either. I just know it's I, I don't think I think it's like a phrase outside of of that Tom Hanks movie, but. I don't know what it means. No, but you think that they're doing a pun off the Tom Hanks movie, or that was already a phrase? And Tom, Hanks I think made it must have already been a phrase, but there was a Tom Hanks movie, and it probably was around this time, right? Uh, two thousand two. It it was okay. Without maybe googling, it is just a reference you, to the movie. Without googling, did you guys know what perdition meant? No, we still no. don't know. All right, good. I'm at least I'm in the dark with you guys. Google doesn't know. They say <laughs> no one knows. That's exciting. <laughs> They say, watch the Frasier episode and make your best guess. Uh, tune in next week or what the fuck ever. Learn what Maybe a nonsense word is. Well, I guess we'll find out what the fuck perdition means next week. That's going to do it for on, us this week. When we're on the road to it. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music. And thank you, Ethan, for joining us. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, probably for the best if you don't engage with us in our show online. Reverse PsychPod if you want to. Don't email us, but go ahead, reversepsychpod at gmail.com. And for myself, for Ryan, for Brad, for Ethan, gracias. As is perdition.
Which is the one that supported ISIS? What? Uh, yeah, Curtis Curtis supported ISIS a couple episodes ago. Oh, he did that? support ISIS. It wasn't it Hobby Lobby? <laughs> Who likes ISIS? <laughs> what? I don't think any of the companies support ISIS. Uh, okay, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, we can stop everything. You're going to look that up. Okay, in 2009, Hobby Lobby, there was a smuggling scandal. Representatives of Hobby Lobby uh, received a large number of clay, uh, uh, boule, and tablets originating in the ancient near east that didn't sound like i support isis that's like they bought something old no they bought them from isis <laughs> what did they did they say like hey i'm john from isis what do you how do you know you're buying some from isis you check the label <laughs> it's, it's, it's isis trademark they were smuggled out of iraq i don't know and and i assume wait the hobby lobbyists smuggled it or isis smuggled it a hobby lobby purchased it and they were smuggled out of iraq according to the atlantic ISIS has made millions or billions by selling ancient goods like this. But does Hobby Lobby know that they're buying from ISIS? Maybe, maybe I've bought from ISIS. I don't know. I've got, I got like popcorn the other day. I don't know where it came from. You're worried your popcorn is straight from ISIS? <laughs> it explodes. <laughs>